Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord, everyone. He was um, speaking of fishing. I have one fishing story that I'll add to it before we start. Um, my oldest boy was... Um, he was real young, and I'm guessing, best I can remember, like in first grade. So I come home, and he's, you can just tell something's not right. And um, so he's, uh, the, the truth of the story is he's telling me that in school, they got to talking about going fishing. And of the dads taking their sons fishing. And I was the only father that hadn't took their son fishing. I'm thinking, man, he's, he's young and I'm already taking black eyes from them. So, you know, and I still don't like to fish. So I can't remember what I've done, but I guess we had to go fishing. Um, but today's lesson is the work of the spirit and it's called... Uh, being led by the Spirit. So Romans 8, 14 is the key verse. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now that sounds simple enough, but the truth of it is, it is not. That is one thing that where the Bible talks about rightly dividing the Word of God. Because I can say, look, I'm led by the Spirit of God, therefore I am a son of God. But, being led by the Spirit of God is more than being said that I'm led by the Spirit of God. It is just, and our salvation is not based solely on a one-time confession or one time we do. It is as many as are led. That is going to be based on a daily. I've said we live in 24-hour cycles, and we do. That's going to be based daily. It's going to be a lifelong submission to the Lord, to His Spirit. And people, everybody's different. You know, when it comes to natural people, you give them this much in a crowd and they'll be leading the crowd. When other people won't have a word to say. So personalities is different. But you can't apply that when it comes to the Lord. You know, I, I, I told you this long time ago. I was at the doctor's office and this literally happened. You know, I guess a little, uh, I won't say that because they might watch the tape, of somebody spoke through me, and I said, look, look, i tell you what I think, and I mean that quick. He stopped me, and he says, I'm the doctor here. What you think don't really matter right now. So I'm just trying to talk, and when it comes to being led of the Holy Ghost, I don't need to be trying to tell the Lord what I want to do and what I think because really and truly, it doesn't matter what I think. 
because I want to be led in, there might be a path that God's wanting to take me on or someone he might want me to witness to. And I'm thinking, man, really, really? I don't want to go that way. See, it's really not debatable. And, and truly in this world we live in, this world we live in, if we have ever needed the Holy Ghost to lead and guide us, and I know this bit probably said throughout all generations, but I promise you, I go through on a weekly basis, a weekly basis saying, I don't recognize this country anymore. Really and truly, but here is, here is my safety net. God knows where we're at, where we live, the pressure that is applied to us, whom is applying the pressure. So God knows how much we can take. So therefore, when he says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So if I truly, as we say, put it in God's hands and follow him, then I'm being led. And then what comes in my path, I have to accept it as the will of God. And sometimes we just, you know, we think, you know, in, in human terms, we've got all these supposed to be advances towards us and help in time and all they've done is seem like frustrate us. You know, this is going to help you. This is going to speed, speed you up and this is going to help you and all, all it does is I got too much it speeds up. All I do is just seem like I use up my time and then when I'm done, I got nothing left for the Lord. And in essence, I can't do that. I, I can't let life push me to the point that I just literally let life shove God, shove God out of the picture because this is truly one of the scriptures. I must be led. I can't lead. I must be led. I must follow God and I must have a heart to hear his voice. And with the world in which we live, there's many voices, many voices going out into the world. I want to hear God's voice. I want to hear what he is saying and what he is, he is speaking unto me. And it gives a, a situation that happens here in the lesson, the one it, it starts with, that probably most of us has been into. A father and a son, they're going and they're trying to find a part for the tractor on the farm and they go to the city and... At this time, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have a GPS. So they get there. They look at all the street signs. They look at everything. And it seems like all they do, the more they do, the more lost they are. You know, one says take a left turn. One says take a right turn. And, and then the father says, no, I'm pretty sure it's over here. And then they go down that road and then they don't find it. And they say, no. And then, you know, one says, you know, maybe we should just stop and ask someone. And as the males, oh no, heaven forbid we would have to stop and ask directions. No, we've got this. And so as they're watching, as time goes by, the gas gauge goes the other way. So they're thinking, what are we going to do? How would they get the part that they need? So they're just really in frustration they literally stop and ask someone, how did they get to this factory? So the guy tells them, and to their surprise, he's literally going there. And all of a sudden, they felt so much better, but what had changed? What had changed is 
They didn't know where they was or how to get there, but they still didn't have their, their tractor parts, and they was no, literally no closer to getting them than where they was just a few moments before. But there was a difference. Now they had someone that could lead them to the tractor store. So everything, all the anticipation and all the anxiety and everything that they must have felt before had faded away. And just because this man's knowledge could lead them of what they had wandered all over the city trying to find, he could lead them too. Now, our journey through life, sometimes we just think, I got this. I can do this. When we realize, I really can't do this. After we've made too many left turns and right turns and getting through this, and I really can't do this. But what choice should I make? And the Holy Ghost, God gave us to simply lead us and guide us through life. And that's what he does. God knows that we do not know our own way. If God just pulled out and just said, you do this, who knows where we would be? I don't want to even try to imagine where I'd be because I tell you right now, within me, I don't have it. I'll just tell you right now, I need God. I need his love, affection, forgiveness. I need everything he offers to help me to navigate this life. Now, the Lord inspired Jeremiah to write these words. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Left to our own direction, most of us would lead to, if, we, if we're left to our own, it would lead to heartache, hurt, and chaos. But this was where Jeremiah wrote this. If you read in this, it was cause of the apostasy of the leaders. The leaders had pulled back. The leaders wasn't seeking to guide the people. And that's when Jeremiah uh, said this. It is not a man. Jeremiah was, was praying to the Lord and said, the leaders, or the Bible calls them pastors here, was not preaching and teaching everything that they, sh they should. And so Jeremiah says it like this. Look, if they don't guide the people, it is not in man that walketh to direct them steps. Who's going to lead them? And in a world, and in a world in which we have, in a church world, just forgive me for saying it like that, in a church world that we have today, if truth is not being told, it's not in man to direct his own steps. Who's going to lead them? And Jeremiah is, is praying this. God, they need help. Man within himself can't do this. And that is why Jesus pronounced eight woes in Matthew 23 against, against uh, the ones doing this, scribes and the Pharisees. And so, gratefully, God does not leave us in that hopeless dilemma. We have the assurance that he will guide and, and direct us his guidance is perfect. We don't need to fear or to question whether direction he points us. He is a God of all wisdom. The voice of the Lord comes us to us in a direct word through pages of the Bible or lips from leaders or we can be sure that God will never steer us wrong. One clear example of God's willingness to lead his children can be seen after the Exodus. Now, I want to read, if you will, you can read with me in 
Exodus 13. I want to read uh, starting at 17. Now, if I believe if there's ever a parallel that relates to us now, this is many years ago, but I believe it'll relate to us now. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go. Now, I would say, don't ever try to outdo the Lord. The Lord is gracious. Look how it words it. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go. He was wore out. In other words, after all these plagues, I'm going to stop the people. I'm going to stop the people. I'm going to stop the people. You know what? Lord, just, <laughs> I give up. You just take them. Okay. When he had let the people go, that God let them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, for God said, let's uh, peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him and they straightway sworn uh, the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them in the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Now... God could, other words, when the people went out, the Pharaoh let them go, they passed through. Other words, they didn't take the shortest route. God said, we're not going that way. And you know, when you really think about it, here is a people, after they had been here 400 plus years as slaves, do we really think the first thing they needed was to go to war? Not really. They had been treated as slaves for that long. And it says that they um, went through the land of, of, not through the land of the Philistines, although that was near, for God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war. In other words, I believe God was saying, if I take my people that has been mistreated all these hundreds of years and I put them in war to start with, first thing they're going to think of is why did we leave Egypt? Let's go back to Egypt. And sometimes we're going to think, why I think this relates up today is God leads us by his spirit. And truly, if we are spirit-led, there's going to be things that we look at is why am I taking the long way around? God, why are you leading me here? And I think, and, and it truly at times, we must be very careful how far we let that go. Why are you leading me here? Because God had a purpose in leading there. And truly, the point was valid. The way through the, through the Philistine was closer. But this was a warlike, aggressive people. Now, you could take in, in humanity terms. Here is the slaves. Here is the warlike people within themselves. Who do you think would win? The Philistines would have slaughtered them unless God divinely stepped in but he wanted to teach them a lesson. Now is not the time for you to go to war. There must be some things learned and taught. Yes, you just seen miracle after miracle that I did, but I want you to go this way. 
And there could have been some, and there probably was. Why are we going the long way around? Just bam, bam, and we're there. But God is saying, no, no, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to do that. Now, patience and wisdom, they had to learn. So they're taking this, and but the people, but the people, uh, but God led the people around about through the will of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and they went up harness out of the land of Egypt. Now, some people take that word harness literally mean as they come ready for war. I don't, me, I, don't, I just don't see it that way. But when you read that, I believe if someone saw them coming, they are in battle array lined up. If you seen them coming, the first thing on your mind would be, there comes an army. But the people, I believe at this point, was not ready to fight. But God was leaning them, teaching them. But as far as battle array, they was in that order. They was marching like they was an army. And so God was making a point. My people, my people is going to be warriors. Right now, they're not ready. But if you see them coming, they look like an army. They are in order, they are disciplined, they are marching, and they are ready for, for, for war. Yes, they had 40 years they had to suffer, and, but yet, it then they might not have understood, but God had a plan, and it just had to be fulfilled. It was just the way it was. And now, one thing I think, that here's the thing that we can learn today. And, and, and it's truly in this. God did not set them free to simply turn them loose. And a lot of people has got that mixed up, I think. Because even though God had them freed, you know, it's like I used to tell my sons, me and Sister Riley both, the reason I call you is because I care about you. If I didn't care about you, I wouldn't call you. I can't speak for the other parents. But I call you because I love you. That's why I call you. So God just did not free them and then just walk away. He freed them and then still kept them under his wings and looked out for them. And that's the way he was doing it. He was. And the Bible says the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud and led them, uh, and led them the way uh, by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and by night. And he took not away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. And we just think, man, wouldn't that be awesome? Look outside and there it is. That's a different dispensation. God deals with different people at, uh, among different uh, ideas and ways. And, but the Bible says, and, and it's been quoted thousands of times, and I believe this really relates, that he wouldn't put more on us than what we could bear. So I believe the reason he didn't take the children of Israel through there is because it would have been more than they could bear. Because I believe that in fact, the Bible even says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that he would make a way. Do, do, do we get that? There is no way. 
God would make a way. So look at it when you're in a situation that you can't get out of and there's no way. Go to this scripture. God will make a way. When your eyes can't see it and you know, God, I was wanting to go this way, but you said go this way. There's no way. And this word says that you will make a way. When there is no way, he'll do it. So he's taking his people exactly where he wants and he's leading them by this phenomena that he put there. And that's the way he's doing it. Now, for God to lead us is gonna require our trust in him and for us to trust him. And now, well, I, you know, do I think we're gonna understand it 100% of the time? Probably not. But here's where faith comes in. There's no way I need to say, Lord, <laughs> I really don't get this. You know, I think we should go here, but you're saying go here, and I fully understand it. No, you said go here, and by faith in you, your man, and this word, I'm going this way. No matter what any other voice says outside these walls, no matter what I'm told, my faith is in you. And my faith says follow you. And that's where I can go. And sometimes it's these paths we may not understand. But he'll do the same thing. And how many for Israel that going and marching and seeing all this happen at the end of it, at the end of it said, you know what? I just knew at the very beginning how would this ever work out? How would this work out? Only to see what God did, did for them how it worked out. But God didn't want to take them through. In other words, look at it like this. God said, I don't even want any of my people to have any indication to turn back to Egypt. Now that's mercy. I'm telling you, that's mercy. If you have had any, any, any kind of inclination to sin in any kind of way, and you come to church and God just say, look, I'm not going any kind of temptation. I'm not going to put. So God is saying on you to make you yield to that. God is saying, my children that I just delivered, I'm not going to put them in that situation because some of them might yield to that. I'm not going to put them there. To me, that's mercy. They may be saying, but why are we going the longer way? What they didn't understand is the long way was the mercy way. God is saying, I don't want to put you. The short way might have been almost the saying, the next thing you're saying is you're back in Egypt. God said, I don't want to put you in that position. I don't want you in that position. Now, the inherent nature of God is to lead us by a spirit because the Bible talks and it's so much related to it's the shepherd being the one that leads and God is our shepherd. And one thing is known naturally is that sheep are not driven, they are led. Any caring shepherd would choose carefully the route his flock would take. He would select it not of his own comfort but based on what is best for the sheep. 
And we know that. We see that. We read in the, in the 23rd Psalms how the writer predicts this. The relationship that God has with the, the shepherd and the sheep. It leads us beside still waters for his paths of righteousness sake. He's even with us in the valley of the shadow of death. He goes before us, a table that we may dine. And as a result of the following, he leads us and is found in and the following is this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And his spirit leads. Uh, I was listening, in fact, this week um, to a man ministering. And he, um, I'll just tell you what he said. He was, this verse here is surely, surely goodness and mercy. He looked at it. He says, I just look at the three sisters. Surely goodness and mercy. <laughs> <laughs> he said that was the way he remembers it. But God will always be there. Be led by the Spirit in all I do. God will lead and guide us just as he did Israel. And why I love the Bible, the Old Testament so much is because there's so many different occasions, situations. And, you know, life, I say that we have, we have had so many things happen and so many things that different situations and just when we think we're unique, that's why I always say, go to the Bible. Read about yourself. Right. <laughs> I promise you, you're in there because God will lead and guide us. For as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Be, being willing to follow God is a mark that distinguishes His children from those who are not. Now, if we follow him, we will not encounter unnecessary temptations, Matthew tells us. We're, if we're led of him, we're led around the, tra the traps Satan lays for us in Psalms, and we will enjoy spiritual safety, Psalms 78 tells us. Now, while there can be no debate that God leads us in the past for our own, God, own good, we must recognize that he still leads us where we can best serve his kingdom. According to Psalms 23.3, we are led in paths of righteousness for his name's sake and not ours. He will direct us in conversations so we can testify to the one that knows him. We, I will say this, we, me and Sister Rayleigh was in a situation where we was at a, a, a business and as we went in, um, we're discussing a situation and there's a lady there and she um, she opens the conversation, and it is more or less Christian-related, and then it was a little bit time-consuming. And through the process, Sister Rayleigh had to leave, and it's been a long time since somebody pulled information out of me like she did and Sister Rayleigh said that later that maybe we was just there because of her she had had a, a issue a very serious issue and I talked to her but I'm telling you she she just needed someone to talk to and we had no idea nothing no, nothing and then 
everything I said, she just she just asked for more, you know, just but that's the way God does us. And and he just leads and guides us and directs us and to hurting people. And he gives us the words, I mean, so many times that we just want to have everything planned out. And I guess there's not so much wrong with that, but there's times that the Bible tells us, don't think ahead what you should say. Lean on the Holy Ghost. If, If we're led by the Spirit of God, lean on God. Lean on the Holy Ghost. And, you know, I've, uh, I will tell you this. I've, if ever there's one thing <laughs> that I value as sacred, it is standing here. And I have even had dreams of coming to church and someone say, Brother Rayleigh's coming, and me not studied. I mean, it, it just horrifies me and because I want to study. And then I guess I've put myself in a position where it just horrifies me so bad that I dream about it, you know. And, but there again, um, we like to have everything planned out. But that day, it just seemed like everything fit. Everything fit. You know, the Lord touched. The Lord, I mean, this lady sat there and wept. I mean, the Lord truly touched her. I told her where a good church was at, where she lived, a good apostolic church. So uh, the Lord touched her. And the Lord just, that's the way the Lord does us. And he does. And this Peter and John, we know the story where they had went to the temple. But this day was going to be different. It was around 3 o'clock, a buzz of activity. They approached the gate called Beautiful. One site seemed to be elevated above others. Now, I think what was different is the Holy Ghost led them to lock eyes with this man. And here it is, you know, because when you read of how long the man had been there, how many times had they passed him before? How many times? But God has just got a way of working things out, you know. And we don't have the questions or the answers to say why didn't God heal him before. That's not for us to know. But all I do know is this man, when he did this, it was just, all of a sudden, it was just the apostle was experiencing something new, the Holy Ghost, the leading of the Holy Ghost. God had ordained that the lame man, the lame man would be healed on that day. He simply led Peter and John to that place and time and attention toward the beggar. Peter stood towards the man and now with these famous words, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Because Peter and John were both sensitive and submitted to the leading of God's spirit to the beggar's life, clearly was forever changed. Now, 
Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I wonder, I wonder that day when this lame man got up and walked, how many people there said, you know what? I remember 700 years before there was a prophet named Isaiah. And his words, the Holy Ghost anointed him to pen these words. Then shall the lame man leap. And Isaiah wrote it down. How many remembered that that day that lame man got up? I don't know. I, I, I can't believe that situation passed without them speaking Isaiah's name. It came forth, Isaiah. You was right again, and the lame man shall leap. So the Holy Ghost anointed them, and God desired to do this through the hands and voices of his children as then as well as now. And we can't let society uh, shame us. And I mean, you don't have to be, you don't have to be uncouth or 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 just not professional. I, if I can say that, you can pray with someone and be with someone and give hope to someone. And it it doesn't matter where you at. Where are you at? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I'm telling you, if people's hurt, they will make time for you regardless of where they're at regardless of where they're at they will they want somebody to pray for them in this biblical account Peter did not simply become aware of the lame man's condition but he allowed God's spirit to lead him and act in faith and he did now he was over 40 years of age and this man this man had been laid daily at the temple but he had never seen a day like that day that he was going to be healed. But the thing of it is, God don't operate no sideshow. This was not done just, just to be trying to entertain someone. It was simply done so that the people could hear the message of salvation. That was the whole point of the man being healed. He did this. So, now, we don't... We don't um, do this just like them, and we want them to be healed and touched. One must wonder, we want the Spirit of God to lead us, to guide us. We want to, we want to commit to the Lord. And I want to end with this is just something special to me. In... This is just me. In the Bible, in Genesis, I wish Brother Corn was here. He would really, because I'm going from Genesis to Revelation. He would have something to say as soon as I got back over there to him. Um, when you read in the beginning of Genesis, each day, it makes a mention of the evening and the morning was the first day. It goes through second, third. So the, the days are linked from morning 
to morning. The evening and the morning was the third day. And the evening and the morning was the fourth day. It goes right on up to the sixth. But when it gets to the seventh day, there's no mention. That is not mentioned. Okay. It goes all the way up to number six. Evening and the morning were the sixth day. Seventh day, there's nothing. In Revelation 22, 5, at the very end of the book, and there shall be no night there that takes care of the evening. And there shall need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Could that be the morning to morning? All that I know is the seventh day is not, is not capped like the rest of them. But this I do know. God is going to owe us one more morning. And that morning is never going away. It is going to be forever and ever. His spirit is going to lead and guide us through this world. He's gave us a deposit of that spirit. And that spirit is going to lead and guide us to everything that we need. From morning to the last morning. And I thank him for it. Praise the Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.